Welcome to The Naked Truth. Peace to you. Let's pick up where we left off. We're in the book of Genesis, and we're uh, just over halfway through with it. We're at chapter 29. So let's pick up at verse 1. Let's see. Here we go. So Jacob went on his journey and came to the land of the people of the east. So Jacob is the same person who's later going to be named Israel, just like the country is named Israel or the people are named Israel. This is their roots um, in this person here at the time named Jacob. So um, he's on his way to find a wife. Um, He's on his way to find a wife from his own family. So you should understand what's going on. And he looked and saw a well in the field and behold, there were three flocks of his sheep lying by it for out. Of that well, they watered the the flocks. A large stone was on the well's mouth. So um, he's basically just, he's at a water fountain, Uh, but back then to be a well. Um, Now all the flocks would be gathered there and they would roll the stone from the well's mouth and water the sheep and put the stone back in its place on the well's mouth. So if you understand, just in case you don't know what a well is, it's a hole dug deep enough to in the ground until you can run into water or you fill it with water and um you know rain water whatnot and um you can use it to draw water from it that's what it is it's based generally if you've seen it in any cartoons or tv like circular shape dug deep and you can they still exist now but so you have an idea and you keep a cover over i think to keep things out of it um See, and Jacob said to them, my brethren, where are you from? And they said, we're from Haran. So he's running to some other people there who um, are apparently there to feed their flocks. And he's asking them, where are they from? They said they're from Haran. That's the area where he's heading to. And he said to them, do you know Laban, the son of Nahor? And they said, we know him. So he's asking him, does he know, do they know his mama's people? Because that's who Laban is, his, like a on his mama's side, one of his relatives. And they're acknowledging they do know him. So he said to them, is he well? And they said, he's well. And look, his daughter Rachel is coming with the sheep. So um, they still don't know who he is, but they're putting their presumably friend Laban's business out there as far as who he is, that he's there and that his daughter is there. But, you know, people are probably just being friendly. Then he said, Look, it is still high day. It is not time for the cattle to be gathered together. Water the sheep and go and feed them. So um, not sure what they mean by that because I'm not a cattle person. But um, apparently he's saying it's too early to um, water them, I guess, because me watering them and then call it a day. I don't know. Um, but he's saying it's not um, uh, time for that. So he's saying water and feed them instead don't gather them i don't know but he's saying it's not time for whatever it is they're trying to do it's not time for that but they said we cannot until all the flocks are gathered together and they've rolled the stone from the well's mouth then we water the sheep so i don't know if he's talking to a bunch of like females but even if he is um is it really that heavy that they, I mean, really are other than little critters and the wind? What is it other than that that you're trying to keep out of there? 
maybe little kids, I guess. Is it really that heavy that they can't move the stone to get to it? Um, but apparently they couldn't. Um, well, so let's keep reading. Um, they cannot. Now, while he was still speaking with them, Rachel came with her father's sheep, for she was a shepherdess. So now Rachel, one of his family members, um, when he's going to eventually, spoiler alert, end up being with, is, has arrived. And it came to pass when Jacob saw Rachel, the daughter of Laban, his mother's brother, so cousin, and the sheep of Laban, his mother's brother. So lots of property that Jacob went near and rolled the stone from the well's mouth and watered the flock of Laban, his mother's brother. So he sees her, the family member, which he's there looking for, a family member, family member he can marry. And he sees that the family member he can marry has lots of property, all the sheep. Now, whether that's this coincidence or they noted it for a reason. Then Jacob kissed Rachel and lifted up his voice and wept. So I guess he likes what he sees. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's relative and that he was Rebecca's son. So she ran and told her father. So she's letting him know, he's letting her know, hey, I'm family. But he gave her a kiss um, and letting her know who he, how he's related to her. So she's gone to go let the family know that it came to pass when the man heard the report about Jacob, his sister's son, that he ran to meet him and embraced him and kissed him and brought him to his house. So he told the man all these things. So I guess kissing is common. He's grabbed him up and welcomed the man with a kiss also. And Laban said to him, surely you are my bone and my flesh. And he stayed with him for a month. So they clicked apparently and he recognized some of his own ways in, they recognized their own, his own. He recognized some of his own ways in his family member uh, who's there visiting him. It's sort of a cousin, sort of a nephew, sort of both. And soon it's gonna be sort of a son-in-law. Then Laban said to Jacob, because you're my relative, should you therefore serve me for nothing? Tell me, what should your wages be? So it's not even clear why all of a sudden he's talking about wages and employment. Uh, it didn't say anything about that, but suddenly he's asking him about what, tell, ask him what wages he thinks he deserves. What does he feel he's worth? And apparently letting him know you stayed there a month, I guess letting him know if you're going to stay here, you're going to have to work for your keep. Now, Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah and the name of the younger was Rachel. So his cousins got two daughters. So he's got two female cousins. Leah's eyes were delicate, but Rachel was beautiful of form and appearance. So what they mean when her eyes are delicate, I don't know. Did she need glasses or were they a nice, an interesting shape or a soft tone or something. It's not real clear. Does she have nice lashes? It's not real clear what it is, but I guess her eyes were her strong suit. Whereas her sister was just fine. Her sister had the body and had the look. Um, now Jacob loved Rachel. So he said, I'll serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. Sounds kind of pervy to tell your cousin, uncle, whatever the case may be that you'll, uh, you like one of his kids so much, you'll work seven years to get to her. But I guess that's a compliment. 
letting him know that's what he feels she's worth, that he worked seven years to be with your younger daughter, his cousin. Now, Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, oh, um, and Laban said, it is better that I will, that I give her to you than that I should give her to another man. Stay with me. So like property, the daughters are being bartered about and decided who they're going to belong to from past ownership from to from the father to a cousin, a nephew of his, or a family member. So he's letting him know it's better that a family member get this property, that we keep this wealth in the family, uh, than that some strange guy get it. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seem only a few days to him because of the love he had for her. So seven years went by. He didn't think, it doesn't mention that, he went back and forth and visited his folks during that time since presumably they're old or at least elderly but then again i guess people were living really really long back then so maybe that wasn't such a concern i don't know but it seems strange that you'd go seven years in the same region and just not see your folks but whatever the case may be he served his seven years to get to his cousin that he wanted to marry. Then Jacob said to Laban, give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled that I may go into her. So it sounds very, very pervy to, uh, that that's what he's going to say to his uncle about his cousin, not just that, but about his wife, and that that's what he's ready to do, that he's ready to have sex with her. That's what the going in is talking about. It's pretty blunt, and he's letting him know the seven, the time is up, the clock has ticked, and it's time for me to get what I've worked for. Um, and that's in the Bible. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. So he's like, okay, you um, work for the seven years, and it's time, it's time for your payment of his daughter being given to him for that. And, I can't, and he didn't mind, he said, because it was time went by quickly. Uh, but he still wants what he worked for. Now it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah, his daughter, and brought her to Jacob, and he went into her. So now what sense does that make? Said a feast, didn't say anything about moods, but even if there was, what sense does that make that you're getting married? And I guess that's where maybe the tradition of the um things that go on before wedding at the bridal shower and the whole, um, what do they call it with the grooms, the parties that they have, then maybe that's where it comes in, where maybe this is where it goes back to, that people end up hooking up with someone else. Because what sense does that make for him not to recognize the one woman that he's waiting for, for the woman he passed up? Since we just went through the differences, one had nice eyes, the other one had everything else. So how could you not know it's the same person? So um, it's still incestuous because it's still one of his cousins. It's just the cousin he didn't really want so much. Seems kind of sick in modern term, in, by modern standards anyway. But let's keep reading. Um, and it's uh, kind of dirty for the father to do that to not just the daughter he sold to uh, his nephew, but also to the daughter who didn't really, neither real daughter really had to say in it, notice that, but also to the sort of homelier daughter. It's kind of shady to pass her off like that with the guy who didn't know who he was cornholing, which unless you're completely blind drunk, 
or there's something like a glory hole going on. I don't see how you don't know who it is you're um, having sex with. And even with a glory hole situation, you still have an idea who's on the other side of that wall. So it just doesn't make sense that he doesn't know who it is he's having sex with or that that's not an issue. How is that not the moral of the story? But let's keep reading. Laban gave his maid Zilpah to his daughter Leah as a maid. So um, he's passed off the other daughter, the homelier daughter, and um, one of his own maids, I guess, to um, now his nephew, instead of the daughter, the younger daughter, who he actually wanted and worked for. So it came to pass in the morning, and behold, it was Leah. And he said to Laban, what is this you've done to me? Was it not Rachel for, that I, was it not for Rachel that I served you? Why then have you deceived me? So I'm not sure what kind of outfit she had on, whether it was like a burqa, hijab, a, Sorry, uh, some sort of veil that was black as sackcloth or something that you don't know who it is. And there are their bodies so similar that you don't know what it is. You didn't say anything to her that you don't know who she is. You're, was he really that drunk or whatever it is? There was no mention of booze. So, and is it really the father's fault? Yes, the father is dirty for doing it. But it's on you that you don't know who it is you're having sex with. If whether it's the one you've been waiting for or the sister that you kind of passed up, whatever the case may be, it says in the morning, as if they were all walking around in the dark and he had no idea. They didn't say anything to each other and everything was just blind. So how in the world is it anybody's fault other than the people who were involved in it? And it's to say nothing about Leah. And Levan said, it must not be done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. So instead of just saying that from the jump, that uh, it's not proper that the younger one daughter gets a man and married off before the older one does, so that she doesn't feel more, become more like what's seen as a spinster and, old, uh, and all that, it's more important to make sure the firstborn gets married first. Instead of just saying that, he did a dirty trick, but it's still not clear how he did the trick and how come it's his fault that you don't know who it is you had sex with. That's, to me, is on nobody but yourself when you do it. I mean, sure, people can hide their character from you, but can they hide who they are physically from you on, unless you're, like I said, blind, drunk, and then that goes to, well, then don't get so drunk that you can't handle your booze. Whatever the case may be, it's kind of a fantastic story that doesn't get preached for whatever reason. And it's right there in the Bible. Um, so fulfill her week and we will give you this one also for the service, which you will serve with me still another seven years. So <laughs> he's calling seven years a week instead of seven days a week. But he's saying, well, since it was so easy for you to go through waiting on the uh, younger daughter, and you didn't mind that. Go ahead and do this for the do. Go ahead and do this for her again another week, uh, since it will move by for, so for you so quickly. Um, another seven years of labor for the other daughter, selling the other daughter, in other words, pimping the other daughter, in other words, uh, to his nephew um, after deceiving him or somehow not letting him know who it is he's poking. 
Then Jacob did so and fulfilled her week. So he gave his daughter gave him his daughter Rachel as wife also. So apparently Rachel was a bad bee that he was willing to go through 14 years of work to get to her. And no time did he just go and meet somebody else. There were no other women in the family. He couldn't just travel somewhere else. And well, he didn't, according to the narrative. He did all that for her uh, to make sure he got her. And um, and he got her. And Laban gave his maid, Bilhah, to his daughter Rachel as a maid. So Jacob's getting over. Now he's got four wives, two wives and two side pieces, as it were. At least four baby mamas, no matter how you're going to look at it. Then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. So, wow, he's uh, gone through all that, and he got what he wanted, and he's satisfied with it even after the 14 years. And so uh, satisfied with it, he stayed still another seven years. So 21 years, he stayed away. That's time enough to raise a family all the way to grown. And um, still hasn't no mention of going back and forth to visit his folks who are basically in the same region. I guess that's just how people are. Excuse me. And don't read over the fact that the sex part is mentioned again, that that's significant that he went into her. That um, That's, I guess, the payoff. He's gotten what it is. He's worked for all that time. When the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. So that's Again, with the, it's being called the Lord, and so far it's been Jehovah, uh, seems really interested in human reproduction and the sex lives of humans. Uh, even from Genesis, from the, I mean, we're still in Genesis, but from circumcision and Adam's surgery and the whole be fruitful and multiply, again and again and again, you see the human reproductive system being of some great interest to, we'll just say, uh, the, I, the deity identified as the Lord or God in the Old Testament. You see it again and again and again. So once again, that's being manipulated, it seems, in the sense that because one person is unloved in the Lord's eyes, even though it's amazing the Lord has all this compassion for her being unloved, even though she or her sister really didn't have a choice in even getting married or for the times where the women were sent away uh, with a loaf of bread, basically, and some water. No love there, but love for this unloved woman enough that she gets to have a baby from the marriage she didn't ask for. But um, so she's been blessed in that way. Um, so I guess it's a blessing that since that she's unloved, but she gets to walk around and say, at least I'm fertile. I can walk around and give him a kid. Whereas the hot sister can't. So Leah conceived and bore a son and she called his name Reuben for she said, the Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now therefore my husband will love me. So she's saying, she's calling her child Reuben, which um, you see the translation see, seems to be see a son as if, as if to say, look, I gave him a son. Look, I've given our man, because she's having to share him with three other women at this point. Um, I'm the one who's given him a baby. And not only a baby, a son, since, again, patriarchy and all of that. 
Um, and she's saying, that's going to make him love me because I gave him a son. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, because the Lord has heard that I'm unloved, he's therefore given me this son also. She called his name Simeon. So it seems the whole narrative of her being uh, uh, in the big picture, unloved and sort of rejected, appealing to God enough to make her a starring role where she's the one spitting out the first of the patriarchs, the biblical patriarchs for uh, for uh, for Jacob. It seems to be a continuing narrative that, that she's being looked on and seen and not just ignored. Something Hagar was hoping for. And then she got, but seemed not so much for herself, but, so much, but because she had a son. If you're gonna believe that's God. And she called, um, so Simeon translates to, or at least a translation of it is heard. So it's as if she's naming her kids in the big picture of things, knowing, feeling that, well, God heard that um, she's unloved. God has heard, uh, sees things she's going to going through and doing something about it. Something people do hope for. When we pray, she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will become attached to me because I've borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. So the significance of the patriarchy is again and again highlighted in here, almost specifically because she's saying it's because I'm giving him these boys, these sons, these males that can carry on his bloodline. That's what's making it so special. That's what's making my connection with him so special. And she conceived, oh, and Levi translates to attached. So she's feeling like, oh, he's going to be joined to me now, attached to me, because I'm the one paying off with the boys I'm having for him. She conceived again and bore his son and said, now I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. So she had four kids four sons for him. There's no mention of any daughters. That doesn't mean she didn't have any, but um, at least so far she's had the four sons for him and she feels probably very satisfied. She's unloved, but she's loved enough to keep making his babies uh, be born. Uh, whereas the sister, he may love being with her, but she's not giving him any sons. So it probably gives her some sort of satisfaction in that sense. Um, that actually ends this reading. I appreciate you checking out with me as always and hope it was a blessing for you. And we have our, it's Monday, so we're um, um, in the Old Testament uh, on Mondays and Wednesdays, we have random readings for those on here on The Naked Truth. But on um, Saturday nights, just after midnight, around 12, 15 a.m. ish, Sunday mornings, that's where we focus on the New Testament, namely, specifically, Christ's words, the red letters of Christianity, which is the faith, faithful walk I generally follow in a nutshell. Um, because, like I always say, Jesus' words are in only six of the books of the Bible. So those are the ones we focus on on Saturday night. Um, you can see past readings on this platform um, or only in a while they last, or if you're an adult, you can go to my website, it's hungtgirl.com, and see past readings there uh, on those with the links on the left. The Spirit and the Soul will tell you about the past readings here of The Naked Truth, but the body and the mind will also let you know more about me. 
with links also on the left. Um, get a subscription, make a donation, or just enjoy the free content. All of the above are very much appreciated. I thank you for that, and I hope this finds you safe and well. Wash your hands, wear your mask, love your neighbor, and God bless you. Peace to you. See you next time. Really?